spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Live free. I may not have a license to kill, but liberalism dies a little every time I pull the trigger on it. This is a conservative's perspective. Hey everybody, James Bostic here. A conservative's perspective on the Mojo 5.0 radio network, Mojo5.0.com. If you aren't listening, you should be because it is the very best in conservative and libertarian talk radio, Mojo5.0.com. It is absolutely crazy out there, people. I hope, um, I hope you're aware of that. It is. It's absolutely nuts out there. And one of the things we can look at definitely to prove its nuttiness, and I'm going to regret doing this, Dylan Mulvaney. Let's talk about uh, little Dylan there for a minute. You guys know all about Dylan Mulvaney now. It's a guy. Okay, born a guy, and uh, then all of a sudden one day woke up and decided, and by guy, I mean penis individual. Okay, so he, he, he was a biologically authentic guy. And so one day, this biologically authentic guy decided he didn't want to be a guy anymore. He was going to be a girl. So what happened? Well, this happened. He decided that he wants to be a girl, and every single one of us on the planet, with no exceptions whatsoever, anywhere, have to enable him in this fantasy. Yeah, 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 I know, but that's that's the word, okay? Because that's that's how they say things go these days. If you wake up and you're a guy or otherwise penis individual, and you decide that you want to be a girl, hey, guess what? You are a girl. Why? Because wishing can make it so. And if we all believe, and if we all wish that you were a girl, well, gosh, then you really are a girl. Okay. Somewhere along the line, I don't know where, but somewhere along the line, the people at Budweiser decided that Bud Light, a beer that everybody drinks the entire planet over, Okay, Bud Light, let me say that again, a beer that everybody drinks the planet over, 
decided that it wasn't inclusive enough. It wasn't diverse enough with everybody all over the planet drinking it. No, we got to go more. We got to go. We got to go with the guy who thinks he's a girl. So they cast around and they find this guy who says he's a girl, claims he's a girl. Dylan Mulvaney, that's the one, absolutely. And they put Dylan's face on the Bud Light can. And the result is exactly what you would expect from, and I'm going to say, we're going to start with Bud Light drinkers here in the United States. In five days, they lost like $5 billion, a billion dollars a day practically. And that was at the last count. I know that there are a lot of people, and, and there are people that are not just boycotting Bud Light, they're boycotting all Budweiser products. And that's that's a pretty healthy line with the microbreweries and everything. It's like you know, it's like cars nowadays. Okay, there's a, there's this country, there's this company called InBev, which is an abbreviation for International Beverage, and they own all the Budweiser stuff in America. All the yeah, but so it's not really yeah, it's still brewed here, the old fashioned. Uh, Orville and Wilbur Budweiser, you know, method. They, they haven't changed any of that. And it is, but it's no longer an American beer. It hasn't been for a long, long time. So they decided to do this. And the result was what you would expect. It was a massive boycott. Um, celebrities were not having it in their, their hospitality suites and, and stuff on tours, uh, you know, rock concerts and musicians are saying, forget it, we're not using it. And... Uh, Everybody's gone insane over it, and and I think you know the the LB the LGBTQ uh, poopy and pregnant man emoji crowd. They didn't like it that everybody got mad about this. They're saying, okay, you know, get used to it. It's a gay beer. Nobody cares. You know, and and there were memes on both sides of this on social media. I know you've seen them. Most of them pretty funny. Some of them, both sides, kind of classless. I guess it just depends on your taste. But here's the thing. It, it's it's not exactly like it's drawing people into camps, but I guess in a way it kind of did. And people, you know, there you got people in one camp who have voiced their displeasure at what the InBev people have done with Bud Light. And then you have another group of people that are perfectly satisfied with think it's overdue and it's been a long time coming, blah, 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 yaggity schmaggity. Well, I have been thinking about this. And the people who were defending this, and I guess people on the other side too, uh, really haven't thought it all the way through, but stay with me on this, okay? Now, here's where we're going. All right, Dylan Mulvaney, he's a guy, otherwise known as a penis male individual, decides one day, despite the penis in question, he's he's not a, a guy. He's a girl. He's going to be a girl. 
And so he goes on this quest for girlhood. And he draws the attention of a lot of people. He draws the attention of Bud Light. He draws the attention of Nike. Okay. To and you know what he's gonna be? You know what he's gonna be? <laughs> he got an endorsement contract for sports bras. This is a guy. A little bitty skinny guy at that. Doesn't even have man boobs, but they're gonna give him a contract, uh, an endorsement thing for uh sports bras. But we're not going, you know, we're not, we're not going to get into that. But anyway, so they find this guy. And once again, he is a male. He's biologically authentic male who has decided he wants to be a girl. So he goes through this chronicling, this video chronicling of his year-long transition into a girl. No, I'm not making it up, man. I'm not making it up. So, the guy, I want to turn, and, and, and if I'm not, if I've got this right, too, because um, I haven't really been following this quite as tightly as a lot of people have, but, so, he's also a gay guy. So, he's a guy that likes other guys. All right. Now, we have this. So, Dylan takes this year-long Transition into womanhood, girlhood, whatever he, whatever he calls it. So, pal, he's a woman now, and he's talking about womanly things and crushes on boys and 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 all this crazy stuff. So, and that's where I want to go with this: is the crushes on boys is key to this whole thing, and is proof of something. Anyway, stick with me. So, Dylan Mulvaney, guy, biologically authentic guy, penis guy, who also likes, likewise, other penis guys, decides he's no longer going to be a guy, and he's going to be a girl. So, boom, he does this. He's a girl now. But, and this is where it gets crazy, if wishing will make it so, if if what those people, the LGBT crew, uh, the LGBTQ uh, pregnant man emoji crowd say that he's a woman, then we have to believe that he's a woman. Why? Well, because he says so. Doesn't have anything to do with penises or vaginas or memory glands. No, doesn't forget about that. Forget about it. It's what he says he is. She, they, them, those people. Anyway, so he's gone to being a girl, talking about his crushes on boys. Well, now, if he is a girl, and we have to believe he is, why? Because he says so. Then he's also... A girl who likes guys. So apparently he can change his gender at will, but he cannot change his sexual orientation at will. He's gone from being a guy who likes guys to being a girl who likes guys. 
So what does that mean? That means that the LBG, the LGBTQ pregnant man emoji hashtag people are now defending a heterosexual girl. The gay people, that's right, the LBGTBQ crowd, are now no longer rallying around the defense of a poor, picked-on, transgender guy because he's a girl. He said so. No, they're defending a perfectly normal, well-adjusted, heterosexual female. Gay doesn't have a thing to do with it. The gay people are now stepping up and defending heterosexual beer. Why? Because he's no longer a guy who likes guys. He's a girl who likes guys, which means he's a perfectly normal heterosexual female. Why? Because he said he was. And we have to take them at face value. That's their truth, right? That's their truth. That's their jam. That's that's the path that they walk. So now you've got all these gay groups and gay people, and, and it's really probably not too much the gay people. I think they're really not even crazy about the transgender uh, people. I, I'm not really sure what that dynamic is like, but I would say from a from a from a position of protected class. They're probably not happy with it. Why? Well, because once upon a time, you know, it was it was the gay and bisexual groups, you know, but it's not that anymore. It's gay, bisexual, transgender, and the transgender people uh, are coming on strong on the gay people. But anyway, all these guys are now ganged up, and they're upset over uh, everybody getting mad about Dylan Mulvaney, but doesn't matter now okay if anything if we believe what dylan mulvaney says that he's no longer a guy who likes guys but he's a girl who likes guys then budweiser uh you know bud light is just as straight as it ever was and now the entire you know gay transgender population is pumped up to defend it however i don't think they're pumped up enough to make up the sales losses that Budweiser has incurred. And like I said, it's you know basically a billion dollars a day over the last week. So that's that's pretty pretty massive. And I don't know that there are that many thirsty cross genders <laughs> to make up the loss on this. So if diversity is your strength Let's see what happens there because I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna work. I just don't think it's gonna work. But that is an that is a good example. Uh, the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing. That's a whole. That's a good example of of wrong being right. Of the inmates running the asylum. Of of who's on first. <laughs> it, it's just a great example of of the craziness today that's going on. All right, this is the stuff we're worried about. China is assuming hegemony in the Pacific as well as all the way around the world with that bait-and-switch Belt and Road Initiative. Russia and Ukraine, it could go nuclear. I don't know that it will, but it might now that Norway is a NATO country. 
Uh, Vlad's going to be pretty ticked off about that. Our country is literally falling apart. It's a managed decline set in motion originally uh, with the Obama administration, and we had a brief respite of recovery there for the four years in between Obama and Joe, but now Joe's in office, and he can't give away the store fast enough. Our border is porous. I don't care where you are, and it's not just a southern border. You'll notice I didn't say southern, our border. Because we've got a border with Canada, too. And we have, you know, any place there is an international airport, it's it's a border point, a crossing point. But this is what we're worried about. This is the deal. This is what's upsetting people. Especially the transgendered LGBTQ pregnant man emoji crowd. They're, they're eat up on this. They're eat up with it. Oh, man. Crazier. Well, that's just, I don't know what it's crazier than because I'm not exactly sure I've ever lived in a time that's quite this crazy. Andrew Claven, um, smart guy, writer who works a lot with Bill Whittle and uh, Alonzo Rochelle from Zone Nation, has some thoughts on this. And we're going to go ahead and take a look at it. Um, this was from Megan Kelly's podcast. I didn't even know she had a show. But she was talking about this. Well, here's Andrew Clavin tuning in and chiming in with her. Dylan Mulvaney uh, was on the cover, was on a Bud Light can, like a commemorative six pack that was mailed to Dylan. There was a brand partnership. They Bud Light used Dylan to promote Bud Light and all hell broke loose. They've lost some $7 billion in market capitalization. Talk with Eric Bowling about that at the top of the show. Sales are plummeting, according to what we read. And the core base is mad. They're mad at Bud Light. They don't. They don't appreciate this partnership. Now, Daily Wire reached out to, they say, two sources um, within Bud Light were in a position to know. And they say to the Daily Wire, no one at a senior level was aware of this partnership. (laughs) No one at a senior level. Now, the person who we thought approved it is the VP of Marketing, Alyssa Heinerscheid. And if Alyssa did not specifically approve this ad, shame on her. It's still her problem. It's her department. She allowed it. And she was on the air three days before the campaign hit, talking about how we've gotten too fratty and we need to be more inclusive. And look at this Super Bowl ad I did, which is about a male actor, but it was told through the his, through his wife's eyes. She was the heart and soul. This is obviously an identity politics Harvard grad who's all about you know color, gender, sexual orientation, all the stuff. So whatever, she's not off the hook, but I'm sure it was her anyway. We'll find out. In any event, they're describing it as a low-level marketing staffer who made the call, um, again, wanting to be more inclusive. And now they're saying that Bud Light is halting all marketing efforts to reevaluate the brand's ad strategies because <laughs> your first effort wound up in the toilet and they, that they will in the future evaluate all partnerships more robustly. Here's my question for you. Some people are pushing back on People like you, like people like me, and maybe you, uh, who are ticked off about this Dylan Mulvaney partnership with Bud Light. I'm ticked off about Bud Light, but I'm even more ticked off about Oil of Olay and Nike on the sports bras, you know, spaces that are absolutely women's spaces. Um, but all of it bothers me, to be honest. And you have people um, like Joe Rogan, Howard Stern, came out and said, like, "What's the big deal? Why are why are people mad about this?" About so do you want to take a shot at that? 
Oh, well, yeah, I mean, this, this also goes very deep into philosophy, but let's not start there. Let's start at the top. If you watch the Dylan Mulvaney ad for Bud Light, he comes on and he says, oh, I don't know anything about sports and I don't know what, you know, it must be some kind of game. I don't know. Now, my wife is one of the most feminine people I know. She doesn't know anything about sports. She doesn't talk anything like that because she's a grown up lady who just happens to have ladies interests in the same way. I don't talk like Moose McCoy because I happen to have male interests. You know, that's not the way women behave. He is not being a woman. He is doing a woman. He is and everything about what he is doing is a show and a performance. And it's a, it's a conscious performance. He is not a woman. He is pretending to be a woman consciously and openly. So that means that it is it is is if I did this, it's as if I smeared my face with blackface that an Amos and Andy voice. Not a real, you know, anything that sounded like a real black adult male, but did an Amos and Andy, you know, cliched, old fashioned racist black voice and tried to sell some product, some kind of hair thing or whatever that was for black people. I mean, Joe Rogan would not be saying, so what? They're just trying to expand their base. They're just trying to reach out to different people. He would understand that this is a deeply disrespectful and in that case, racist idea. <clears throat> this is worse. And it's worse because of this. White men and black men are not that different. Uh, they're basically the same. I and mean, the color of their skin is different. Maybe some of the culture is different. But basically, as, as human beings, they're basically the same. Men and women are different. Women and men have different uh, interests. They have different experiences of life. And I'd say they have different magisterium. They have different uh, things that they are good at and in control of and want to do. To say that a man is a woman is to take away a person's identity from the ground up. It is to strip her of who she is and what she goes through. It is so disrespectful and so hateful that it doesn't matter. I don't think Bud Light is hateful. I think the philosophy that they are joining in with is hateful and it's stupid. And again, you know, I don't know if we have time to talk about it, but this philosophy goes very deep. It is an anti-human philosophy. It is the philosophy that everything about us is a performance. Our gender is a performance. Even what our bodies desire is a performance. So you have people saying that if you are a man and you prefer vaginas to penises, that already is bigotry. That's anti-trans bigotry. But that, of course, is inherent in our nature. The idea that you can just strip somebody of his nature by pretending to be him is, is so basically uh, dehumanizing that and hateful that I think it deserves everything it gets. And I hope Anheuser-Busch is forced out of business. I, I don't, it's not enough for me that their stock goes down. I don't care about their stock. I want them to be unable to sell a beer in any state in this country, not because of the law, but because people simply will not buy it for the hateful thing they did. And as you say, the idea that Dylan Mulvaney should be representing female products is is twice as wicked, twice as hateful. But unfortunately, because women are women and they don't, they don't stand up like men do. Men get angry right. when you do this stuff and, and they strike back and women should strike back, too. It's so true. I, I you raised a lot of good points. I've been thinking about it. If they if they if Bud Light had used Caitlyn Jenner, would I be having the same reaction? And I, I admit I would not be. Caitlyn Jenner is a trans woman. Caitlyn Jenner doesn't run around trying to say trans women are women, trans women are women. No. Caitlyn Jenner understands there are differences and that trans women should not be competing against women in women's sports and so on. I don't think Caitlyn Jenner would think it's appropriate for Caitlyn to be modeling oil of Olay or a sports bra company. I, I feel like Caitlyn Jenner is a genuinely dysphoric person who 
had this from a very, very young age as the genuinely dysphoric did, and finally found the courage to transition late in life and hasn't been obnoxious, you know, trying to like take brand sponsorships and trying to parody just the most ridiculous idea of women since Caitlyn transitioned. Dylan Mulvaney is a different story. Dylan Mulvaney infantilizes us. Dylan parodies us. Dylan demeans us. Dylan dresses like a little girl and prances around fake hotel rooms, throwing her legs up in the air as though this is what a woman is. Like, give me a break. You you know, you can... I'm no Hillary Clinton fan, but Hillary Clinton is a lawyer and a senator and a presidential candidate. And it's not bad to have people looking at that and understanding that's what a woman is. Nikki Haley is another one that comes to mind. You know, you look at these strong athletes who go out there and leave nothing on the field. They emerge sweaty and strong and unapologetic for having given their. That's a woman. Okay, that this Dylan character is humiliating womankind and people who like the woman at Bud Light who allowed this are buying into it. Okay, we had to end that one there because we were right up against the hour. Uh, are people buying into it? No, I don't think people are buying into it. They've lost like a billion dollars a day. That's all the time we got right here. We will be back with more of ACP on the other side right after these messages. Catch you in just a second. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com and don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. triggering change one heartbeat at a time. That is the purpose of Battle for Freedom. Our biggest challenge is helping people see that they are constantly moving and never settled. They are not settled in life because they are spiritually and mentally homeless. James Otis wrote the following on the writs of assistance in 1761. One of the most essential branches of English liberty is the freedom of one's house. A man's house is his castle. I host Battle for Freedom on Mojo Fiber Radio at 7 a.m. Monday through Friday for this very reason. Our homes are tattered because we have made too many allegiances to ideologies and movements solely created to keep us distracted, divided, and distanced from our foundation. Join me on Battle for Freedom, where I trigger change one heartbeat at a time. Battle for Freedom. Hot. Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. Hey, everybody.
everybody. James Bostic here, Conservatives Perspective on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network, Mojo50.com. If you aren't listening, you should be because it is the very best, the very best in libertarian and conservative talk radio, Mojo50.com. We haven't heard anything from J.P. Sears in a while. And I think we're going to go there. And you know who I'm talking about with Awaken with JP. He has some thoughts on the Restrict Act that they're telling us is good for us because it's going to restrict evil TikTok. And TikTok is evil. It's a spy intelligence uh, data mining information collecting device that Americans are hypnotized with. And, uh, you know, they post all their videos there and you see them on Facebook and no one's immune to it. And it's dangerous. It's damn dangerous because it's operated, uh, you know, by the Chinese intelligence community. Anyway, having said that, we're going to let JP say this about the Restrict Act. The Restrict Act, a.k.a. TikTok ban, is upon us. It doesn't mention TikTok once, but it does allow unelected officials in the Biden administration to throw you in prison for just about anything that you're already doing. A bill written with ill-defined broad strokes helps the totalitarianism settle in nicely while you think it's working in your best interest. and welcome to the first day of the rest of your totalitarian controlled freedomless godless lives i'm jp sears and these are lies you can trust for a while we've been desperate to take your freedom from you for your own good covid got the ball rolling our climate crisis theater has been a valiant effort but unfortunately not enough people are falling for it but good news we think we got you this time with a restrict bill introduced by senators john thune and mark warner great comrades they are what does this bill that everyone's talking about mean for you your freedom of speech and your ability to stay out of prison with a regime that's so power hungry that it seems eager to remove all dissenters and what are the finer details that the restrict act actually says that definitely shouldn't alarm you We'll answer all those questions and more for you tonight so you can feel the appropriate amount of terrified. Starting with, what is it? The Restrict Act is a very beneficial bill designed to protect national security. So much so that it makes the Patriot Act look like child's play. Now, at its core, national security is about protecting the freedoms of U.S. citizens. And luckily, this eerily, vaguely written bill has identified Americans' freedom, specifically freedom of speech, to be the biggest existential threat to national security. So when you do the math, that means that taking away Americans' freedom is a necessary measure to protect the freedoms that Americans love and cherish. It's brilliant. Now, we'll get into some of the finer details of the bill in a moment, but first... Let's address the TikTok issue that will help rally your support for something that works against you in a very favorable way. As we're now willing to admit, TikTok is an app-based software that allows the Chinese Communist Party to spy on Americans while they look like morons and lower their IQs. And the Restrict Act, also called the TikTok Ban Bill, even though it doesn't mention TikTok anywhere in it, would ban TikTok in the U.S., thus protecting citizens from a Communist Party spying on them by having another Communist Party spying on them instead and then throwing them in prison. And that sounds like an improvement to me. Now, for those of you who don't have your eyes glazed over and aren't saying, 
that sounds good, please protect me, and are accidentally thinking instead, let's address your concerns. You might be wondering, if a bill was truly just about banning TikTok, what would that bill look like? Well, for starters, it might specifically mention TikTok, the Restrict Act doesn't, and the entire bill might look something like this. Using TikTok is prohibited. And if that's what you think, pardon the thought policing, but you're wrong. Because the Restrict Act is countless pages written in broad strokes that hands power over you to the government. For example, based on what the bill says, the Biden administration would regulate certain transactions between persons in the U.S. and foreign adversaries. Brilliant legal language written so vaguely that you might be asking, what exactly does that mean? Well, the point is that it's written so vaguely that they get to decide it means whatever they want it to mean. Let's specifically consider that it regulates certain transactions between persons in the U.S. and foreign adversaries. Well, what transactions? Answer, any communication on the internet. Well, who gets to decide who's a foreign adversary? Answer, Biden's Secretary of Commerce and the Director of National Intelligence both are unelected bureaucrats, so luckily you have no control in the matter and they have no accountability. Yes, it's true that the bill gives unrestricted power to these unelected bureaucrats who can throw you in prison for 20 years, but I think we've learned through Fauci and the CDC that giving unelected bureaucrats power over you works out swimmingly. And what else does the bill say? Well, it regulates any acquisition, importation, transfer, installation, dealing in, or use of any information and communications technology, product, or service, including ongoing activities such as managed services, data transmission, software updates, repairs, or the provision of data hosting services. That's pretty good. A particularly powerful part is the data transmission term, as that literally means anything you send through the internet or post on the internet. For national security, it's important to give the Biden regime complete power to spy on what apps you're using, all your data, and your browser history. Browser history. Can you ask Hunter to take this to a laptop repair shop? I need my hard drive and entire history permanently deleted. I think he knows a good one. The bill also criminalizes the use of VPNs, as those make it possible for you to be sovereign while making it difficult for the government to monitor you. Moving along. What are the consequences? Now, if you violate any of these scenarios we've covered, they can enforce any mitigation measure to address any risk arising from any covered transaction by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States. Any mitigation measure means they can protect your freedoms by punishing you with a civil fine of $250,000, a criminal fine of $1 million, and a 20-year prison sentence. Because the bill also says restrictions include current, past, or future transactions, it means they've already got you. You lose the game before it even started. You lose! Now go to prison. This just in! Remember, this is all in the name of protecting national security. Now, to be clear, the Restrict Act would give the Biden administration the power to regulate all speech on the internet for Americans. 
seems pretty constitutional. And you would only go to prison if you're determined by the incredibly non-biased, non-partisan Biden administration, Secretary of Commerce, and Director of National Intelligence to be acting in the interest of a foreign adversary. Would you be considered to be acting in the interest of a foreign adversary for being opposed to funding Ukraine? Not wanting to step into World War III with Russia? Would you be acting in the interest of a foreign adversary if you support Trump? Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Okay, so I guess the answer is yes. Yes, you are a threat, because he's already said you are. What if you're deemed a national security risk because you're speaking online about how you're not going to stop driving your car and using your gas stove to feed your family because you're not complying with the forthcoming climate lockdown measures you don't believe in? Or would the administration who tried like hell to mandate that everyone comply with the pharmaceutical business model possibly deem you to be putting everyone's health at risk, therefore are a national security threat, for not being willing to be a sacrificial lamb to the same pharma business model that they themselves aggressively pushed. Any possibility of that? Who knows? But it's probably a yes. And if so, off to prison for you while your family is left in financial ruin. The Restrict Act. We've got to get this thing passed because this is America and it's due for a good dose of totalitarianism. That's it for tonight's news. You're welcome to have dissenting views from the current administration, but with the Restrict Act, if you do, you legally have to shut the f up about them. Good night. JP Sears. Now, if I'm not mistaken, one of the things that's been much ballyhooed about the Restrict Act is that it is bipartisan. So what's that mean? That means that both sides are out to get us. I'm also reminded of, well, you know, we have to pass it so we can see what's in it. And this happens all the time there. You know, they, it's almost like they have artificial intelligence just writing these things out. Just writing them out. And and it's, you know, a lot of times or, or Joe Biden's artificial intelligence, which means it's you know, just this rambling word salad. But there's never you know, nobody reads these things. They paint in broad brushstrokes and they paint in broad brushstrokes. One of two things, either this is what we have in it that we can get them with or this is what it doesn't have, but it really needs but we're going to go ahead and go along with it anyway. And maybe we can amend it later. Or they can change the law later. Don't worry, we can always change the law later. We can go back. What law do you know besides prohibition that's been rescinded? That's been repealed? I'm, I'm trying to think of one, and I can't. I'm sure there probably have been, but... It's rare. I would be. I would be making my guess on that. It's. It's definitely rare. And you know, I listen to what he says, and it, it. It's put up in a humorous way, and humor is an effective tool for uh, a lot of different things: for putting people in their place, for educating, for entertaining. And JP does a lot of that with with the work that he does. And you need to check him out. Uh, I think it's. A, Oh, awaken with JP. JP Sears is the guy's name. Terrific dude. 
Really smart, really funny. Uh, and we keep talking about these... Uh, well, you know, I talk about how tribal we are, and we, we're, we're in so many different armed camps. There's a lot of us and them going on, and the us's and the them's can get pretty selective and pretty restrictive. Uh, but we also talk about they, those people in Washington, they are out to do this, or they are going to get to do that, or those people over there. We can't let them do that to us. And a lot of times, that's that can be really kind of confusing. Who are they? Really, who who are they? Are they Democrats? Yeah. Are they Republicans? Oh hell yeah. Are they something in between? Absolutely. Um, and when we talk about national corruption. And our friend Sundance at Conservative Treehouse has done a lot of work on this. And, and let me, again, Conservative Treehouse and Sundance in particular over at the Treehouse, uh, one of my solid go-tos. Very, very well-versed, very, very well-informed and extremely intelligent and can analyze these things and, and see them for what they really, really are in terms of corruption, in terms of dishonesty, in terms of those things that are detrimental to uh, America and its citizenry. I'm going to take a drink. Hold on. Looks like I quit the wrong day to do Quaaludes. Oh, anyway. <laughs> airplane. You guys ever seen that? Lloyd Bridges. Tremendous. Okay, anyway. Um... <clears throat> The second most asked question when talking about national political corruption is the question, who's they? We often hear the opaque term they, but no one seems to give accurate context to it. So we will hear. However, before getting to that point, allow me to begin with the end in mind. If we want to know the most important thing that we can do to save our republic, then first do this. Get right with God. Get right with the purpose of the mission before you even think about packing a bag to begin the effort. You ain't got to be perfect. Far from it. Scruffy and messy works well, but you have to be dead plumb raw in admitting and accepting your fallible disposition. In a lot of ways, this is what living your best life is all about. There's nothing more powerful in the universe than being connected and aligned with power of infinite truth, infinite strength, infinite well-being, infinite love, infinite joy, and all the other positive emotional feelings and desires that we humans desire. If you think Republicans are the solution, then you don't understand the construct of the big club. Political parties were created to present you with one 
a controlled outlet for your focus. Pro tip there, the big club, they control that. And two, the illusion of choice. Now, there are some differences between the two political parties, between the the two wings of the same D.C. vulture. The Democrat National Committee wants power. The Republican National Committee wants money. The DNC uses money to get power. The RNC uses power to get money. The ideology of the DNC drives their donor activity, and the ideology of the donors drives the RNC ideology. Just a mirror image of one another, really. This is the essential difference in their business models. This is also how the system works when you think about money and raw ideological power. Let's give you an example here in the current culture around wokeism. The social and cultural ideology of the left wing is clear. They're pushing ideology. However, when you look at the right wing corporate response, notice that the focus is on money. The left is pushing a cultural revolution. The right is seeking to gain money in a corporate alignment or velvet-gloved combat against it. The leftist ideology advances. Notice, there's no ideological pushback against the cultural revolution from Congress. You know why? Money. Democrats know if they want to advance ideology, simply find a mechanism that pays Republicans. Easy peasy. Ukraine, ideology. The agenda on the left wing, the Democrats, is clear. They're pushing for an expanded totalitarian globalist agenda. Money. The right wing response to the Ukraine ideology is money. Congress funds the military industrial machine, the military contractors. The contractors repay politicians. The globalist ideology advances. Notice, there's no ideological pushback against the White House and the United States State Department foreign policy from Congress about anything that's going on. Why? Money. If you are an institution or an individual and your enterprise needs power to advance your interests and say, in this case, we think big tech, You align yourself with Democrats. If you're an institution or an individual and your enterprise needs money to advance your interests, in this case, think Wall Street, you align with Republicans. The left wing wants power to advance ideology. The right wing wants money. That's why the Republicans never stop any of the Democrats' ideological gains. Let's talk about elections. The ideology there, the ballot harvesting agenda of the left wing, which is the DNC and the Democrats, is clear. They have thousands of network groups funded by donor activity like the Zuckerbucks and others like Zucker. They're organized in every community to assemble ballots. Money. The right-wing response is to see the opportunity for fundraising. Meanwhile, a massive network known as True the Vote, 
Catherine, the, the, the Catherine Engelbrick, with an army of skilled voter integrity grassroots operations, retools to a ballot collection network, okay, being retooled, that is, true the vote, sits untapped. Their abilities wasted. Again, on money, the right-wing response is to see the opportunity for fundraising. You get those letters in the mail all the time. Meanwhile, this massive network known as True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht, with an army of skilled voter integrity grassroots operations, easily retooled into a ballot collection network, sits untapped, unused. This is the nature of the system that distracts us, the two wings of the same vulture. This is the inherent nature of U.S. politics in the big picture. And we can get as granular or as specific as anybody needs to get, including the propositions for why club candidates are selected within the illusion of choice game. But let's get back to the question, who's they? Donald Trump is falsely prosecuted for a non-existent crime and tens of thousands of Americans send money to his campaign to show support. According to media outlets, Trump raised over $10 million in a few days from the average Make America Great Again American. There are also claims that Ron DeSantis raised $30 million in the last few months from billionaires hedge funds, Wall Street, and multinational corporations during his not-a-campaign book tour. Sounds good, right? Well, for scale. Former Dianne Feinstein staffer Dan Jones left the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence in order to work as the liaison between private interests contractors, and government officials in the Stop Trump campaign. Within a week, Dan Jones created the Penn Quarter Group and raised $50 million to spend on the effort. Where did this money come from? They gave it to him. There are various days within the system. One set of these are the multinationals and the billionaire donors who control the levers of power behind the Potemkin village we call Washington, D.C. George Carlin called them the big club. The other set of theys that few people talk about are the operatives who work as the guards for the system. This is where the U.S. intelligence community, various opaque government agencies and federal intelligence contractors come into play. The guards are paid to run domestic surveillance operations that are then funneled into the U.S. justice system for official targeting operations constructed by the DOJ and the FBI. These are tradecraft agents within quasi-government agencies, most federal contract agencies that target politicians and influential people with a specific intent on gaining leverage, blackmail, information for those to use who retain and protect the system. You can call these the seven ways to Sunday crowd as defined by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, or you could call these people the FBI contractors who have access to the NSA database as part of their operational mission to conduct surveillance and create the files that ultimately end up with the seven ways to Sunday's crowd. 
It doesn't really matter what you call them. These men and women conduct targeting operations against U.S. citizens and U.S. businesses. They also create the files that are used by political operatives like Dan Jones. That's why $50 million was needed for the Trump operation. All the puppets, the players, and the politicians within the Potemkin village are under this network of surveillance, and at any time they can be targeted by a host of tradecraft operations to ensnare them. If you start digging into the actual corruption schemes or a specific granular episode that highlights the risk to the D.C. operation, you end up like former CBS News investigative reporter Cheryl Atkinson with TCSI material hidden in a file within your computer for the FBI to conveniently and randomly find. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and FBI official Sean Henry ran that specific operation against Atkinson. Sean Henry went on to work for CrowdStrike in their proactive and incident response services division. That's the Intel security company that investigated the DNC hack and told the FBI it was the Russians that did it. At least that's the claim from the FBI, who never investigated the hack, a claim later denied by CrowdStrike. See how that works? One hand washing the eye. Yesterday... You might have read, or in the last week or so, you might have read that 40 intelligence and law enforcement confidential human sources were in the J6 Proud Boys operation at the D.C. Capitol. That's another example of the theys that function as contractors to the system within the larger intelligence apparatus. It all falls under the Director of National Intelligence and the Department of Homeland Security. Another example of the theys in the system are the FBI and the various intelligence community officials and contractors you see exposed in the Twitter files. Essentially, embeds in the big tech social media systems what they are. It, it sure makes data mining operations easier when the federally contracted miners are inside the communication platform, right there on site, able to review all the private discussions and report that information back to the DHS Central Command. Things starting to make sense for you. This is exactly who these people are. Now we know who they are. Holy cats. It's like Hydra, okay? I've said this before. i say it again. It's like Captain America. Just go check out Captain America, then check out the Winter Soldier. Hydra. Can it be defeated? I don't know. Well, if we don't know if it can be defeated, is it worth even trying? Yes, 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 it is worth trying. There's no doubt about that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Again, that's from Sundance over at Conservative Treehouse. Uh, a great source of information and analysis of the American political condition, truly. And in many ways, I guess, you know, as an extract from that, the human condition. But if you want to know, the most, the most important thing she says that you can do to save our republic is get right with God. 
Get right with God. Spiritual reawakening, it's it's key. That's all the time we've got, guys. ACP heard here Sundays, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Doing some stuff with Stream Gen and Patriot Nation Radio, doing video programs over there. Usually Mondays, sometimes Wednesdays, maybe a little Thursday here and there. But that's all the time we've got. I'll get more information up on that as we get that refined. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you guys talking about everything that we talk about. We'll be back next week taking a look at things as we do through a conservative perspective. In the meantime, God bless you. God bless America. We'll see you then. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.